Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, that's right. It's a solo edition of Knox and Quinn here because Quinn is gone. I have no idea where he's at. Uh, I was totally unaware of this. I was completely caught off guard. Uh, There have been reports out there. Uh, Some have said uh, that he's trying to make a comeback in the NFL. Uh, Some have said he's trying out to be a male cheerleader. Others have said he just decided he didn't want to do the show anymore. Uh, Some people have claimed that he's already setting up a post party for the Notre Dame to the uh, college football playoff thing that's going to happen in a few weeks. I have no idea. But Brady Quinn, regardless, has spit in your face as a listener. He's disrespected you. He's disrespected your Sunday night. I kid. He had a planned day off. So good for Brady Quinn. It was his birthday yesterday. Hit him up on Twitter. Wish him happy birthday. You can probably find the gift somewhere on Twitter of Brady Quinn eating a cake uh, after halftime of the Northwestern game in which they made him take a bite out of a cake on television without any silverware or anything. Very uncomfortable. Very awkward TV. It was like uh, the Super Bowl years ago uh, when uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson had the old uh, wardrobe malfunction. So right up next to that is the Brady Quinn taking a bite out of a cake on national TV. But I want to start here as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I want to start with the game that just went final because there's a couple of different aspects to this game that I think are kind of interesting. In the Rams beating the Packers, staying undefeated, and how that game all went down. Green Bay outplayed the Rams. The Packers outplayed the Rams in this game. And yet, towards the end, it was one of Aaron Rodgers' teammates who let him down because Ty Montgomery thought it was a good idea with them getting the ball back down two points to run out of the end zone with it. He ended up fumbling it. 
the Rams got the ball late. Uh, they recovered it, and they wound the clock down. Todd Gurley uh, pulled up from running into the end zone, which probably saved a lot of bets out there for people that had the Rams minus or had the Packers plus eight and a half. Pulled up early, and the game was a wrap. And Rodgers was pissed, and he has every right to be pissed. And the more I'm watching how this whole thing is developing, the more we've seen this before. Aaron Rodgers this year in Green Bay kind of reminds me of LeBron last year in Cleveland to where you realize that's pretty much all they got. That's it. It's, it's, it's a one-man show. It's Rodgers, and you just hope he can do enough to get you enough wins to try and get you in the dance. Because if they get in the dance, one great player does make a difference in the NFL playoffs, and Rodgers is an all-time great. So if you can get there, you got a shot. But the problem is, will you get there? And we've seen it over and over and over again that he gets let down either by the organization or the coaches or the teammates. And listen, you hear the stories. Rodgers is a pain in the ass to play with. People hear those stories. They hear that he's, he's not the greatest teammate in the world and that's conflicted by some other teammates who have spoken out and defended him. But regardless, he's a fantastic player. This was a need-to-have game that Green Bay should have won on the road in L.A. It was the healthiest he had been all season, coming off a bye week. They were dealing. He's developing chemistry. They ran the ball a little bit. The defense played really well. But, of course, something went wrong. Systematically, there's something broken almost every game with Green Bay, and Rodgers can only do so much to dig you out of enough holes. You saw it the first week of the season. Brady and I were on the air. First week of the season. Rodgers led the Packers on that fourth quarter comeback. That had little to do with Mike McCarthy and all to do with Aaron Rodgers just making plays on one leg. And he was fantastic. Guys were getting open. There were a couple of blown coverages. But Aaron Rodgers made enough plays, and he was brilliant like you'd expect him to be. And then you saw him against the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Green Bay probably should have lost that game. To C.J. Beathard, a backup, and the 49ers in Lambeau on Monday Night Field, on Monday Night Football. And Aaron Rodgers figured it out, dug him out of a hole, and they got that win. The problem is, that's the 49ers. And today was the Rams. So you can't just expect him to do everything against teams like this. It was like LeBron in, in the Eastern Conference. LeBron in the East, he could be the only one to do anything, and you could go really, really far. But once he actually faced a real team who's got layers to their talent, then you get exposed. And LeBron got to the finals, and what ended up happening? A teammate let him down. J.R. Smith didn't know the time. Uh, he didn't know the score. He didn't know where the, what the hell was happening in the middle of a playoff game. And, of course, he got let down. And the Cavs were blown out. So the more I'm watching this, the more it's so obvious to me that he's all they got and unless they play perfect around him, they've got no shot. And you saw that be exposed on Sunday against the Rams in a game Green Bay should have won. They outplayed the Rams. He was better than Jared Goff, and they come away with a loss. The other thing I noticed about Rams-Packers, what are the most important things that you need in the playoffs it, it, as far as home field goes? If you've got home field... What are the biggest advantages you've got? Obviously, we know talent. That's that. That's number one. We get all that. But there's other circumstances that play into this. 
One of them is your crowd. How loud are they? How boisterous are they? Like, that's a big advantage. That's what makes home field home field, the support you're going to get. The other is the elements. There's a reason for a long time when Tampa Bay would go on the road in the playoffs, Tampa Bay would struggle because they'd end up playing at Green Bay. There would be the elements. There's a reason that dome teams, when they would go on the road, remember Drew Brees, his first trip to an NFC title game, got blown out by the Bears? I was at that game. Temperatures were in the teens. It was snowing. The Saints looked like a shell of themselves because they were outdoors. Like So the elements play into it. It's also the crowd. You see a Seahawks game? One of the biggest upsets in playoff history was the Seahawks beating the Saints in Seattle. The crowd had a lot to do with that. You go to Foxborough, you've got a home field advantage. You go to Heinz Field, you've got a home field advantage. You go to Lambeau, you've got a home field advantage. You know where you don't have a home field advantage? The Dumpy Coliseum in L.A. If you watched that game, it felt like a Packer home game. Like there were more Packer fans there than there were Rams fans. It was the same thing on a Thursday night game, middle of the week, when you would assume middle of the week, kind of a tough game for fans to travel to, right? You know, like if you're an NFL fan and you've got weekends off, you're probably not taking off work so you can go watch a Thursday night game somewhere. And they were outnumbered by Vikings fans. I know somebody who was at the game who said before the game, the split was 90-10 percentage-wise, Vikings to Rams. So you watch on Sunday, and you're staring at that game earlier, and you're listening to the noise, and you would have assumed that it was at a bigger Lambeau field with with a crappier paint job because somebody forgot to uh, remove the USC logo from the night before. And so if I'm a visiting team or I'm another team in the NFC, they're talented. The Rams are probably going to end up with home field advantage throughout. They are definitely, up to this point, the best team in the NFC. But I'm not scared at all to go into the Coliseum to try and beat that team in their territory. You don't have to deal with weather. It's going to be the nicest weather you'll play in any playoff game in the NFL outside of somewhere in Florida. And it doesn't look like we're having any of those this year. And you don't have to deal with the crowd noise. Because if you're a playoff team, you're, tra- you're going to travel, your fans are going to travel, and they're going to be most dominant. So the more you watch the Rams, the more you realize they got the goods on the field. You give them credit for figuring out how to win games like this. That's what good teams do, special teams do. They figure out ways to win games that they probably shouldn't win. But if I'm an opposing team, nothing scares me about the Rams in the Coliseum. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Go ahead and hit me up. I want to hear uh, best guesses as to what you think Brady Quinn is doing right now since he decided to uh, give us a giant fu and not show up to the show. So if you want to uh, send those in at the Jonas Knox, we are looking for the whereabouts of Brady Quinn at the Jonas Knox, and we'll read the most offensive throughout the course of the show. Um, all right, as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, coming up next, you are watching something in the NFL right now. You can see it. You know what's happening. And I've got proof that a major change could be coming for an organization. And you know it as well, too. I'll tell you what that is next here on FSR. 
Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, normally, this is Knox and Quinn. Brady Quinn is off uh, celebrating his birthday. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe he's in the Bahamas kicking a hacky sack around, drinking some Red Stripe. Uh, who who the hell knows with that guy? He's a world traveler. He was in Chicago this past weekend. He was calling Northwestern. So you tweet him and you ask him where he's at. I just For the record, though, I would just like to point this out. Bobo, uh, I know that this is a common thing here on the show, that whenever there's a – I call it tie goes to Brady. Uh, Bobo is our technical producer here at Fox Sports Radio – Whenever there's a disagreement on the show, everybody seems to side with Brady in the disagreement over me. All right. I just want to, and I would like to point something out to you because I want you to remember days like this, where as the backbone of this show, the one who shows up and answers the bell every single round, the next time there's a disagreement, don't just automatically side with Brady in the disagreement. Okay. Don't just automatically side with Daddy. Remember when Daddy walked out on you that one week, and just remember, Mommy's been here the whole time. Okay. Or when Mommy, when I went to go speak with Mommy, Mommy told me not to speak because they were busy. But then when somebody else walks in the studio, they have a full blown conversation, laughing and joking. I'm trying to make dinner. Uh huh. Trying to make dinner. Uh huh. And look, I think we know what's at the bottom of all that, and, and we don't need to uh, to stir the pot anymore. Than you that. sure? Yeah, I think we know it. I felt a little is. adopted right there. Uh, you know what, Aaron? I don't need your attitude. You know what? I don't appreciate that. Uh, by the way, we have the World Series on. <laughs> Neat. Steve DeSager, who's also on this show, he's at the World Series. Uh, we, we were expecting him to join us, but Steve uh, decided to. Did you know what Steve replied back to Eric Roberts when Eric reached out to him and said, Hey, Steve, pop on uh, from the World Series. You know, you know what Steve DeSager replied back with? What? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant FU from Steve and Brady here on the show. It's always a good time. That happened here. to me. Yeah. Twice during the World Series. I reached out to a certain cast member on the show and didn't get nothing back. That's all right. Not saying the name. That's but it's right, not man. you, Jonas. No, definitely not me. No, you always not. respond. Absolutely. It's what I do. You, Eric, excuse Two me. in the morning. Uh, all right, uh, we are brought to you by uh, Discover. <laughs> Become a new card member, and Discover card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. We will keep you up to speed on the World Series Game 5. The Red Sox looking to clinch. Uh, Clayton Kershaw against David Price. Uh, we've also got Sunday night football. We've got the Saints. We've got the Vikings. It, this is a crazy night in sports. Already been a crazy day and a crazy day in L.A. for sports. All of that uh, we'll have for you uh, throughout the course of the show. Um, all right. So there are certain times where you cannot know a single thing about somebody. You cannot know a single thing about what their life is like, what they've been through, what their issues are, what their problems are, and you can sit and you can watch them having never met them before, and you can just tell. You can just tell what's going on. You ever seen a couple that you know is in the middle of a fight at a restaurant? You can just tell they're not happy with each other. Never seen them before. Never seen them, never met them, never had a drink with them, never smoked weed with them, uh, never shared a cigarette, never shared an Uber, nothing. Never seen these people before in your life. And if you guys are in the same restaurant, you can look across the room or look across the bar and you can tell, ooh, something's going on over there. That's, that doesn't seem like they're on good terms. You, that's happening right now in the NFL. We're all seeing it. We're all witnessing it and, and watching it. It's happening in the NFL, and it's happening in Tampa Bay, where the Bengals beat the Buccaneers on Sunday, 37-34. Now, Tampa Bay made a great comeback in Cincinnati. 
It was brilliant. The comeback was was fantastic, and it actually looked like Tampa Bay had a real shot at stealing one on the road in Cincinnati against a, against a decent AFC team. The reason they had to make a comeback is because Jameis Winston vomited all over your television set if you watched that game at all by throwing four interceptions and getting benched. So if he gets benched, who's got to come in? Ryan Fitzpatrick. You remember him, Fitzmagic? He was the talk of the NFL world the first couple of weeks, lighting up the league. And then he had a bad game against a good defense in Chicago, and Jameis Winston, after his suspension, was called into duty and stepped in to take over the starting quarterback role. And since then, I believe this stat is correct. I believe that Jameis Winston's thrown nine interceptions since then. So Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick steps in, goes 11 of 15, throws two touchdowns, zero picks, and he ties the game late, and then converts on a two-point conversion. Like, sometimes you don't really need to know the playbook. You don't really need to know the schemes. You don't really need to know anything. Just like that couple that you don't really need to know to know that there's something going on and there's an issue there. You don't need to know anything about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You don't need another edition of Hard Knocks. You need zilch. No more intel. All you need to do is open your eyes, watch, and we're all seeing the same thing. They would rather be on the field with Ryan Fitzpatrick than Jameis Winston. It's obvious. You can see it. The mood of the huddle... Uh, the vibe, everybody excited. You remember when Deshaun Watson made uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson made the comment after Ryan Fitzpatrick was rolling those first couple of games? Deshaun Jackson could have been a really good teammate to Jameis Winston, but he decided to be a really good teammate to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Made the comment, "There's no way you can bench Ryan Fitzpatrick right now," and Jameis Winston's supposed to be the franchise quarterback in Tampa Bay. Just watch the difference in the team from one guy to the next. It's obvious. You don't have to know anything about Tampa Bay. You just watch, and they look happier with him out there. The offense looks better with him out there. Since Dirk Cutter has taken over, the offense has never looked better than when Ryan Fitzpatrick was quarterback. It's clear. I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback, but for that team right now, it is a no-brainer. Here was Jameis Winston after the game. Humbling, but uh, it's not about me. It's my fault that we were in that position. He had to make a decision, and Fitz came in and fought his tail off. Our offense responded uh, greatly, and we came back and tied that game up and gave ourselves a chance. I just know that I have to fix this problem, and I will. I know I will. It don't come with being being scared. Uh, it comes with looking in the mirror, uh, taking a, a long, hard, deep look at myself and bouncing back from this. Yeah, I will persevere. So after the game was over, I reached out to somebody that is pretty close to the organization, somebody who would know that wouldn't BS me. And I reached out to him and I sent him a text. And I said, call me crazy. But they look better and they look happier with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the field. And this is somebody closely affiliated with the organization. They wrote back to me, you're 100% spot on. It is night and day difference. Not even close. 
And I, I tried poking around a little bit more. Okay, so what's the plan at quarterback? Because Dirk Cutter was getting grilled. Who's going to be the starter? And he believes, and again, this is somebody who's close to the organization. He believes that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get the gig moving forward. This year, at least, until he struggles down the road and they go back to Jameis Winston. I asked, long term, what about the future? What's the plan of the future? He said, it's too soon to tell. Way too soon to tell. Um, it, it, like they're, they're still deciding on a couple of things, but this is where this whole situation gets tricky. And it goes back to what they did several years ago. Tampa Bay made a move a couple of years, or now it's three, four years back, where they decided to part ways with Lovey Smith because they wanted to keep James, they wanted to keep Dirk Cutter. There was some thought that Dirk Cutter might be a head coaching candidate elsewhere, and Jameis Winston was so valuable to the organization that they decided to keep Dirk Cutter as head coach, promote him so that he could continue to build his continuity and, and the relationship and could continue to blossom with Jameis Winston. It was all about the development of Jameis Winston. But the problem is they've got to make a decision on both. They're not a playoff team, especially in that division. So now we're talking about a head coach who's been there a few years now who's got no playoff appearances and is going to end up with a losing record at the end of the day. And you also got a quarterback who's going to cost you quite a lot to keep around. And it just depends on which way this organization goes. So that's why I asked the guy and the source that I know from Tampa Bay. I said, listen, what, what's the plan? Is it Cutter? Is it Winston? Do they part ways with both? And he said, I just think it's too close. It's, it's too soon to tell. I, I, I can't. It's too soon. But he said, you're, you're 100% spot on. You watch the team. They rally around Fitzpatrick. It's a different vibe. The huddle, the energy, the excitement, the way they mob him after he throws a touchdown. It's not like that with Jameis Winston. I actually would argue Mike Evans and Jackson and some of those big receivers, those threats downfield, are better with Fitzpatrick. And, and you could make the case that Jameis Winston's got a top five to top eight arm uh, in the league. Arm talent in the league, you can make an argument. Jameis Winston's got one of the best arms in the league. But you can't deny what it is you're watching, and you don't need to know a single damn thing about them. You need to know nothing about that organization to know that when you're watching this team, when he gets on the field, it's just different, man. It's different. It's like they they enjoy him more. They enjoy his company more. They they enjoy playing with him more. And so when I reach out and I got it confirmed, then you start to look ahead to the future because you got to make decisions in Tampa Bay. You, do you, do you believe Dirk Cutter's the guy? Okay, no, you don't believe he's the guy. Okay, so you're going with Jameis Winston. Then then you've got to go ahead and scrap it all over again because you need to worry about developing Jameis Winston. I almost wonder if Tampa Bay looks at it like this: we roll with Fitzpatrick. We try and find somebody in the draft, and we part ways with Jameis Winston. Issues off the field, way too much money we're going to have to give the guy. Let's go in a different direction and figure it out. But that also, then you got to check your ego. We took him with a high draft pick. Are we conceding that we blew that one up? Or are we conceding that, that we messed that pick up? Look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's doing the same thing with Bortles. So that's an interesting one to watch, but if you just sight unseen – Take a look at a Bucks game. It'll tell you all you need to know about the two quarterbacks. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next, you'll get a chance to relive 
one of the great moments in the history of this show and it is a, a very memorable moment here in the history of Knox and Quinn on Fox Sports Radio. We'll have that for you next year on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, you just sit back. You keep quiet. You tell everybody else in the car to do the same. Anybody else around you to pipe down. Because it's the gas man, David Gascon, with the latest. Hey. But that little save by the bell cheer? Yeah. All right. You know, I'm a... I'm a little triggered by the fact that Bobo was dissed by your your executive producer Eric Roberts. That's uh, it's pissing me off. It's I mean, look, it, that's it's just the way it goes here around here, man. Like, but the respect comes and goes. It's like a turnstile uh, here on this show. It, it's bothersome to me, but I mean, it could be worse, Dave. Yeah, he's here. At least he's here. Yeah, because there's been certain weekends Bobo, he has. Bobo it. was calling me at a very stressful moment of the Dodger game last night. I just got a new phone. Didn't want to throw it across the room, so I chose to let it go to voicemail. I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Jonas, did you know uh, Eric had actually texted me two hours before your show to ask for Steve DeSager's number? I was like, do you want me to write the show for Jonas, too, and book the guests? I, well, look, uh, it, look yeah. I, it's what I've always said. Yeah. It, it could be worse. You could be a Dodger fan. So that's that's. I mean, Speaking of which, is Live Bet Jesus going to make an appearance at Chavez Ravine tonight? I have no idea. The reason why I'm asking is because we're only in the first inning, and keep in mind the over-under in this ball game between the Red Sox and the Dodgers is at 7.5. Well, postseason Kershaw showed up. Steve Pierce with a two-run shot in the top of the first inning. Gave the Red Sox a 2-0 advantage, but David Freeze in the bottom of the first, first pitch he saw, he went the opposite field. It's 2-1 Boston right now. Justin Turner just walked. One on, nobody out in the bottom of the first. Dodgers again down 2-1, and they're down the series three games to one. And, of course, National Football League action all across the Southland. Los Angeles Rams, they are now 8-0 this season thanks to this. Montgomery retreats inside his goal line. He's going to do the Rams a favor and bring it out. To the 10, the 15, and he's tackled at the ball 20. Out. The, ball out. the ball is out. The Rams take over, and they can ice it. The special teams hit, jarred the ball loose from Ty Montgomery. And it's- if it's Rams football, it's game over. Yeah, Rams win it 29-27. They kicked the ball off after a field goal. It was about 2.05 to play in the fourth quarter, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't even get a shot to win the ball game for Green Bay. Colts go on the road and beat the Raiders 42-28. Marlon Mack, 25 carries for a buck 32 and two scores. And the Arizona Cardinals have two wins this season, and they both came at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. 18-15 was the final score. Josh Rosen with a game-winning touchdown pass. Larry Fitzgerald, eight grams for 102 yards and also one TD. Sunday night football from Minnesota. Saints are at the ball right now. They're inside the five-yard line, knocking on the door. There's no score. Again, that's the game's opening possession. And we got, obviously, other games around the National Football League from this morning. Eagles over the Jaguars, 24-18. Bengals beat the Bucks, 37-34. Kansas City Chiefs continue to dominate. Patrick Mahomes, 24-34, 3-0-3 through the air, four TDs. Chiefs over the Broncos, 30-23. James Conner, 212 yards total and two TDs. Steelers, 33. Browns, 18. Jonas, back to you. Thanks, Dave. By the way, did you know the last – can you guess the last quarterback to ever beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh? The last Browns quarterback to ever beat the Steelers I'm going to take a guess and say Derek Anderson. Ooh, good guess. Uh, Bobo, would you like a shot at this? Last Browns quarterback to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh? 
Brady Quinn. <laughs> That's a very good guess. Uh, Eric Roberts, you want to take a stab at this? Is he here? Uh, <laughs> oh, there he is. Uh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, in, that, that also is a good guess. All of those are incorrect, though. Uh, Tim Couch would be the correct oh, answer. What? 2003. <laughs> okay, 2003. <laughs> Well, Eric oh Roberts was an God. infinite that time. Yeah, 2003, I believe, Abe Li- <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe Abe Lincoln was celebrating his quinceanera at that time. Uh, but that's the last time the Browns have won in Pittsburgh. Total dominance. Uh, but we got more on the Browns later on because that's getting real fun. Whew, that is getting real fun there in Cleveland. All right, uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, did Abe Lincoln actually have a quinceanera, or did I just recklessly say that on the air? You just recklessly said that oh, on the air. Well, don't tell him I said that then. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to piss him off. Four score and seven, just go. All right. Uh... A lot of scores for you. Okay, uh, so uh, we are uh, so uh, coming up in about ten minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. I think, I think somebody missed the op- missed an opportunity to do one of the all time great things in recent broadcasting history. Okay, one of the all time great things. I think they missed an opportunity in that, and I'll explain what that is about ten minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. So we have got. Saints Vikings in one of the matchups that I've been looking forward to um, as much as any game all year long Saints and Vikings the Saints have actually scored uh, so we are early in the first quarter Uh, New Orleans with a 7-0 lead over the Minnesota Vikings Uh, the touchdown for New Orleans was I believe Alvin Kamara Uh, Alvin Kamara on a toss from Drew Brees, I believe they're counting that as a touchdown pass for you fantasy football players out there uh, who have been jobbed by laterals and flips and tosses and all of that. But the New Orleans Saints have a 7 nothing lead over the Minnesota Vikings, and we will keep you up to date on that moving throughout. But I look at the Saints, and the Saints have won five in a row. Outside of the first loss of the season, and everybody gets tripped up the first loss of the season. You see great teams lose the first week of the season all the time. You know, you, you, you don't know what to game plan for. You don't know anything. The Saints have won every single game since. And so New Orleans has almost quietly become one of the better teams, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. And Minnesota, and you give them all the credit in the world, after that Thursday night game against the Rams a few weeks back, Minnesota has rallied strung together some wins. They're starting to get a little bit healthier. Everson Griffin uh, dealing with his uh, mental health issues is coming back. Adam Thielen uh, may be the best receiver in football. He's been dominant. Um, They still are dealing with some injuries, offensive line, a running back. Dalvin Cook's been banged up, a couple injuries on defense. But you can't deny Kirk Cousins up to this point has lived up to his contract. You cannot like the guy. You can think that uh, you can hate the you like that crap. Uh, you can think that uh, the Redskins made a, a great decision by letting him go. You can think he's overpaid. You can think he's not an elite quarterback. He doesn't deserve that kind of guaranteed money. No doubt about it, Kirk Cousins has been a fantastic addition to the Minnesota Vikings, and if they don't advance or don't get it done this season in the NFL, it's not going to be because of Kirk Cousins. He's been awesome. But the reason that this game is sentimental to this show is because we were on the air when one of the all-time great plays in NFL playoff history went down. So Brady Quinn and I were doing the show last January. And while we were on the air, the game was happening. And so, of course, it's a live game and it's a playoff game. And we've got to pay our respects to it. And so we're doing – we can't really do play-by-play because that's not legal. 
and we can't really, you know, dub in the broadcast on the radio side of things, so that's not legal. So we did our best to kind of paint the picture for you. I feel like I did a, a pretty good job as a professional broadcaster. I feel like I did. I assumed Brady could hold up his end of the bargain since the guy does college football and the NFL for Fox. I'd assume that Brady Quinn, a broadcasting professional, part of one of the top teams with Fox that you see every single weekend on your television, I assumed that he could handle the responsibility as well, too. Uh, Here's how it sounded last January. As... Uh, one, the time element. You only have 10 seconds. Uh, but two, the pass rush right now. I mean, the Saints are really getting after this offensive line for the Vikings. And it's too bad. I mean, it, the, the, the crummy part about all this is Minnesota, and, and we're just going to crack jokes and bust balls while there's a team whose playoff fate is on the line. As Case Keenum is back to throw it, going deep right side. And, uh, oh, my God, he caught it. Stephon Diggs just <laughs> caught that ball. He's going to score. you got to be kidding me. And the game is over. Stephon Diggs just scored on – Unbelievable. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. God, man. And the Vikings just won the game. 20. It's like it's like somebody like somebody gave their Rottweiler like a half kilo of meth and told him to bark at the neighbors. What was that? I don't care how many times you play that. That laugh never gets like, old, that, that, Keep in mind, that's a guy who's never smoked a cigarette in his life. Brady and I have joked about it. Him and I have never smoked a cigarette in our life. Never, yeah. never want. And, and I, I asked myself, okay, if you never smoked a cigarette, why the hell do you sound like that? And and I would I would get I, if he's in the elements, you know, if he's like in an Iditarod race and he's in Alaska hanging out in some igloo doing the show, or he's on the set of the movie Alive trying to decide which one of the victims in the plane crash he wants to eat. I get it. Look, your voice is hoarse. I understand it. The guy lives in effing South Florida. What the hell was that voice? Like I don't, I don't understand. To this day, I don't get it. And we were really looking forward to, to reliving that moment with Brady Quinn here, but he decided to stick you as a listener and say, I'm not coming in. So, unfortunately, he's not going to be here. Uh, all right, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. The Vikings have the ball back. Uh, nine and a half minutes to go. First quarter, the Saints with a 7 nothing lead. Red, Scott, Red Sox are leading the Dodgers 2-1 to one, end of the first inning at Dodger Stadium. Um, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, when we come back, Somebody missed an opportunity to pull off one of the all-time great stunts in broadcasting history. I'll tell you who that is next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Brady Quinn is not with us tonight. Uh, he is, uh, he's got the night off. It's his birthday weekend, hanging out, taking a much-needed and much-deserved little bit of a rest. And then he comes back next week and we make him walk the plank, and we break his balls for not showing up here this week, and it's going to be a real grind for him. So we'll make his life a living hell next week. But as of right now, uh, uh, we are going to uh, go without Brady Quinn and try and put together Radio Gold here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I want to get to us a missed opportunity in the world of broadcasting that I think was totally butchered, uh, and I want to get to that here coming up momentarily. Uh, but we have a box score reader. We have a box score insider. I learned a long time ago from one of my bosses, it's about stories, not stats. Anybody can read a box score. And a lot of times, box scores lie. They'll tell you somebody's great. But you actually have to watch the game to understand what it is you're seeing and actually do the research and put in the work. And we have a box score watcher, a box score insider here. Uh, I mentioned the Rams uh, beating the Packers, and if you watch that game, Green Bay outplayed the Rams majority of that game. And there was a golden opportunity 
for the Packers to get the ball back and go downfield and try and win that game down by two. Ty Montgomery returned a kick from his own end zone, got tackled, fumbled, the Rams recovered, and they milked the clock, and it was over. And so I said, look, just watch the game. Rodgers outplayed Jared Goff. He did. I mean, like they outplayed the Rams for majority of that game. And uh, a box score insider sent over a uh, some details on each of their box scores as proof that uh, Jared Goff outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Um, don't be lazy. Just do the work. Watch the game. Understand what you're staring at. All right. Don't don't go through and check stats and just assume that tells you everything. Like if you looked at stats, stats would tell you that Mitch Trubisky is better than Joe Montana at times. Okay. Like just do watch the game, man. Do the research. Watch the game. Rodgers was the best quarterback on the field in the Coliseum earlier today. Period. The best quarterback on the field. You, you can't deny that. Uh, all right. Um, Get me on Twitter, though, at the Jonas Knox. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. So I think that uh, that Fox really missed an opportunity here to do something awesome. So Joe Buck is doing the World Series. Game five is going on right now at Dodger Stadium. The Red Sox have a 2-1 lead, bottom of the second. And Joe Buck is doing this game. Joe Buck's original assignment before finding out about this game, and had there not been a game, I'm assuming he would have called this game, was the game we just mentioned, Rams-Packers. Because Tom Brenneman and Troy Aikman were calling it, and anytime Buck has the World Series, Tom Brenneman steps in to work with Troy Aikman as part of the Fox's number one broadcast team. Why couldn't Fox have figured out a way to get Joe Buck from the Coliseum to Dodger Stadium to do both games? Now, normally I would reach out for a guest, but we can't even get Steve DeSager to come on this show, and he's our update anchor, and we can't even get Brady to show up, and he co-hosts the show with me. So we have got ourselves an actual broadcaster with us. His name is David Gascon. Uh, You know him as the Gas Man. Dave. David Gagon. First of all, okay, that's out of line. First of all, Dave, could you pull that off as a broadcaster? Yes. Okay, but what a pain in the ass, right? It is. In fact, distance from the Coliseum to Chavez Ravine is 6.3 miles. And normally, if you're like in the Midwest or maybe down south, it'll take 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Right now, according to MapQuest, it'll take you 35 minutes. Unbelievable, man. To go 6.3 miles from the Coliseum to Chavez Ravine. Now, is that taking the streets or the freeway? That's the freeway. Nah, that's still wrong. That's probably taking a helicopter. That's still uh, wrong. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it's 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 brutal, man. I, and look, there are people that work here that'll leave games at the Coliseum. And yeah. how so? How far away the Fox Sports Radio studios to the Coliseum, or how far? How like no traffic? What's the drive? No mm-hmm. traffic. If I leave my house, uh, I can make it here in about maybe twenty eight, thirty two minutes. Yeah, I've heard ninety minutes following games. That's how long. Following it takes. games, yeah. Following now, games, ninety minutes to get here. Depends on, the, on which way you go. If you take the ten, you can kind of get here a little quicker. <laughs> okay, well, these the, are too many details for the national eight, audience. Eighteen point okay. nine miles. It'll take you thirty minutes from where we're at right now. That's no traffic. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we get plenty of green going from the four hundred five to the one hundred one. Okay, because today's a uh, today in LA is a nightmare for people listening around the country. Today in LA is a nightmare. All the sporting events that have gone on. Let me get this correct. So the Kings played a day game, right? Yeah, yep. they played the Rangers. Right. 
The Clippers are playing tonight. Correct. The Dodgers are playing right now. Correct. The Rams played earlier. And isn't there like some uh, crummy soccer team that yes, plays? MLS, Sporting yeah. Kansas City took on LAFC. <laughs> like, what? Like, can you imagine if you're just a diehard LA sports fan? You've been drunk for 10 hours. Like, you've just been watching every single game. Do you think anybody attempted to go to every single game? Yeah, Sports Illustrated has a couple guys that were doing it, and uh, they've been chronicling their entire journey. But just ima- that's the other thing, too. You're mentioning it. You got soccer and you got baseball. That's a lot of non activity that's going on. So you're just sitting around. You better be drinking, man. Uh, did you hear Bob Costas' criticism? <laughs> Of, uh, did you guys hear this one? This is great. Bob Costas, I heard, was on uh, one of the local shows out here uh, in L.A., and he was upset that Joe Buck was calling Thursday Night Football and then going to call the next game of the World Series. And he was upset because it was like Fox trying to indicate that the NFL and a Thursday night game between the Texans and Dolphins was just as worthy to have Joe Buck as the World Series was. Oh, man. Hey, Bob. Get a clue, man. It's called, hey, we'll give you the rights to the NFL on Thursdays, but we need your number one guys. <laughs> like, how does he not get this? And I got news for you. Have you seen the ratings? <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, what is happening here? Between uh, between the NLCS, the World Series, Thursday Night Football, I've had so much Joe Buck on in my front room in the I last love two it. weeks, dude. Like, it's ridiculous. He's he's might as well be like a fourth roommate. Like, uh, it's kind of insane. I can't, I, man, I can't get I think Joe Buck's fantastic. And for all you 12-year-olds out there, who uh, you uh, you mid-30s to early 40s, um, broadcast professionals who go dressed as 12-year-olds when your team's in a big game, crying because Joe Buck and John Smoltz aren't saying enough nice things about your franchise. They're not being nice to my team. They want the other team to win. They wanted Milwaukee to win. They were saying nothing but nice things. Yeah, because Joe Buck and John Smoltz would rather stay in Milwaukee an extra three days in L.A. What is happening here, man? You're going to trigger a lot of current and former employees of Fox Sports Radio. Oh, God, man. Put the pom-poms down. (laughs) Stop being ball washers. Just call it what you see. That's it. Joe Buck and John Smoltz aren't rooting for the Dodgers to lose, okay? The Dodgers are going to lose because the Red Sox are better. And because, because Ryan Madsen may be on the take, all right? And, and again, I'm not here to make any <laughs> reckless claims, uh, but, but it does appear to be a little bit fishy in what we're watching. All right. Uh, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. We've got more next here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Yeah, you got to be careful who you rip on this show because you never know when they're going to text back and say they'll come on. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, uh... Back like sometimes though you're doing live radio things get away from you. Uh, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, normally I do this show with Brady Quinn, but he is not here. He's got a much deserved day off. It's his birthday weekend, so My um, hand on the shaft. yeah, well, his hand on the shaft, all, that too. Um, but Brady is like uh, those uh, those special people in your life who turn their birthdays into not just one day, not just one dinner, not just one drink. But an entire weekend to celebrate their birthday. Uh, he's one of those people. So Brady Quinn is not here doing the show. Uh, he is celebrating with his lovely family. Uh, we Sip kid. This can be. <laughs> we can. Sure, he is actually. We uh, so we kid because we care, and uh, he'll be back next week. But don't we, get your hopes up. We don't. Uh, that's not the only thing. We don't uh, do this alone because we do this with Geico. As we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate, free rate quote. Hashtag Steve, clickbait. Steve DeSager 
is our national update anchor normally on this show, but Steve is not here because he is at the World Series. We texted Steve and reached out to him hours ago. Eric Roberts, our executive producer, reached out to him and figured this is a slam dunk. <laughs> we're not we're not reaching out to the president, okay? We're we're not reaching out to uh, uh, to share. Uh, we're, we're not uh, reaching out to uh, Michael Jackson. I guess, yeah, that wouldn't work. But we're not, like, you know, we're reaching out to somebody that we know, somebody we love, somebody who's a part of the family here, somebody who's a part of the show. And Steve never got back to us. So uh, so we ripped him last hour, gave him a beating on the air. Had to be done. Sometimes people get out of line. Had to be done. Uh, Steve has just texted back, and he'll be joining us in about uh, 15 minutes from now. So... I will uh, go ahead and delete all the previous comments from the podcast, and uh, we will have Steve DeSager coming up here shortly live from the World Series because I've got really important questions to ask him about discounted merchandise at Dodger Stadium. Right, So we will get that for you here uh, coming up 15 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. We have got ourselves, though, a developing situation. By the way, uh, just to keep you updated on these games, there are two live sporting events going on, big ones at that uh, in the NFL You've got the Saints and the Vikings tied at seven early on in the second quarter and top of the third inning, uh, the Red Sox with a 2-1 lead over the L.A. Dodgers. Boston trying to clinch the World Series if they can win this game five tonight. That'll be a wrap, and uh, we say bye-bye to baseball for the next several months. We have got a developing situation in the NFL, and if you had just paid a little bit of attention while you were watching Hard Knocks, you would have seen this coming. The, the whole thing about hard knocks and why so many teams in the NFL and so many franchises don't want anything to do with it, it's, it's similar, and it's the point I've always made about Thursday night football. When you get out in public and you've got flaws, those are now seen by more people. If you're a bad football team, I've always said this, the only people that hate Thursday night football more than players are coaches of bad teams because you get on a Thursday night stage – now everybody's watching or more people than normal. And if you're a bad football team and you get beat bad on national TV and everybody's watching, now we've got an overreaction. Now you've got to do something about it. Now all your flaws are exposed. Everybody makes a bigger deal about your loss. Uh, they, they, uh, they, they start criticizing you more. It becomes more obvious to everybody else as opposed to if you're playing on a Sunday and you're blended in with nine or ten other games, you can kind of float underneath all the other stuff going on, and it does, it's not as obvious to everybody watching how bad you are because not as many people are watching. And so Hard Knocks has a similar effect feel and effect. There are a lot of franchises out there who don't want anything to do with hard knocks. They don't want all of their stuff being shown on national television. They don't want all of their stuff being seen every single week. They don't want you to see them arguing with coaches or arguing with players or talking about how poorly they played in the preseason. They don't want you to see any of that because you can come away with that and have sort of a, well, I don't know about this team feeling. And one of the things that stood out to me in watching this year's Hard Knocks was the relationship between Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, and Hugh Jackson, the head coach. There was a point there to where they were having a little bit of a disagreement about how players were reacting and whatnot, and Hugh Jackson made it a point to tell Todd Haley in a team meeting that he's the head coach. I'm the head coach. I'm going to do things the right way. I'm going to do this. This is 
made it a point, made it clear that he was going to set this set the table right in front of everybody. I'm the guy. I sit at the head of the table. You're all just here helping me out. And I remember watching that and thinking, that's a guy who feels elite, at least a little bit threatened by the people around him because he's got two other coaches on the staff who have also been head coaches. Todd Haley's been a head coach. Did he have success? No. Greg Williams has had, had been in the NFL for a long time. Did he have sustained success in other places? Yeah, there were a couple of spots. He was great with the Saints. But Greg Williams has got a, is, is, is a pretty respected head coach by a lot of people. And so Hugh Jackson was trying to make it clear to those two guys, I'm the dude. This is me. This is what I've got. This is my title. And he was pulling rank on him. And I remember watching that thinking, ah, this is something you got to keep an eye on moving forward. And now what we're hearing is that there is friction, and this according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, that there is friction between Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. And so the Steelers beat up on the Browns on Sunday. The Browns haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. And you've got all this sort of talk, all this sort of dysfunction, all this sort of back and forth between Haley and Hugh Jackson. And and now a report that comes out that if things aren't cleaned up soon, it could lead to one of them being gone, uh, most likely Todd Haley. But there's not a whole lot of people out there that are clamoring to keep Hugh Jackson around because of his win-loss record. And so Hugh Jackson a week ago, who talked about how he wanted to have say in the offense and play calling duties – Apparently, things have only gotten worse since then. Here was Hugh Jackson following the game on Sunday. There's nothing wrong with my relationship with Haley. Guys, I said what I said last week, and obviously it had legs, but I've never said I wanted to take over play calling. I said I wanted to help. That's it. So today, now all of a sudden, it's just big old thing because, sure, I mean, everybody's going to look and say, well, what's going on? But only thing's going on, we need to get better. We need to coach better. We need to get better. Here's the thing about the Browns. I think we all sort of got them confused. Um, and we, Brady and I have talked about this earlier this year when it came to the Cleveland Browns. I think that, um, that people confused good with better when it came to the Browns. Because it was almost like after the Browns had won two games, people thought they were a good team. They weren't. They're not a good football team. They're just better than they were. So... When you're watching this team go on the road and get manhandled by Pittsburgh and you're watching Baker Mayfield take a beating and be noticeably limping after a game, and then you've got two coaches who can't seem to coexist and are are not seeing eye to eye, that tells you that they are a long ways away from being good. And of those three people involved in the latest issues going on with the Cleveland Browns, whether it be Hugh Jackson or Todd Haley or Baker Mayfield, which one would you say is going to be around Cleveland longer? Baker Mayfield. I think if there's going to be a change, they're going to part ways with both Hugh Jackson and they're going to part ways with Todd Haley. If they decide to part ways with Hugh Jackson and promote Todd Haley to interim coach, that'll tell you everything you need to know about the thought and opinion on Hugh Jackson in that organization. Because they're not a good football team. It's going to be a little while. They're better than they were. 
But you watch Baker Mayfield. He's supposed to be an accurate passer. That was one of his strengths coming out of college. Baker Mayfield, always accurate with the football. He's under 60% completion percentage. One of the knocks on him coming out, yeah, he's a little too small. All of a sudden, the weather's starting to change. He's starting to play in difficult environments. And he's hobbling and talking openly about how he took a beating in that game. And that his body's seen better days. You know who says stuff like that? Like a 10 or 12-year veteran. Chris Chandler was saying stuff like that towards the end of his career. Steve DeBerg was saying, saying stuff like that towards the end of his career when he had a splint on his hand. It looked like a Nintendo Power Glove. Baker Mayfield's already saying that, and he's like seven games into his career. So if you're the organization, you've got to look at this and say, all right, we are, vest- we are invested in Baker Mayfield. That's going to be the guy. That's who, we're, that's who we're with here. He's the one that's got first priority. Our head coach has got an awful, historically bad win-loss record. Our offensive coordinator apparently doesn't like taking orders from the head coach and apparently doesn't know how to handle our young rookie quarterback. And then we've got a quarterback that we've invested in. Who's staying and who's going? It's going to be Baker Mayfield. I, I, would, I highly doubt they would make a move in season. If they do, I think that just illustrates that what you watched on Hard Knocks, the, the sort of a friction you saw early on there in training camp between Haley and Hugh Jackson, what you saw there was a bigger deal than we realized, and it's only deteriorated since. So it, it's like that, that's, but that's part of the reason why people don't want to be on Hard Knocks, why people don't want to play on Thursday Night Football. I don't want all my flaws exposed. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do I mean, you ever had a fight with your better half? You're at home. You guys have a fight right before you're about to go out. Like the last thing you want to do is go out and see your friends or go to, go to dinner with a bunch of other couples when you guys are in the middle of a fight. Because you know all it's going to take is one comment, one shot of tequila, uh, one compliment from another woman, and that thing's starting up in a hurry. It's like dry brush on the side of the road and flicking a cigarette at it. It's over. Like, if you're a bad team, you don't want to go on hard knocks or be on Thursday Night Football. You're going to get exposed, and the Browns are getting exposed. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next here on FSR, we, if you've never been to a World Series game, if you've never been, we're taking you to one. We are going to take you live to an actual World Series game that's next here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We are going to take you live to the World Series right now. We're gonna, I'm serious, man. You, you, you probably, look, for those of you out there that are thinking, I can't afford a ticket to the World Series, I'm never going to get to go see a World Series game. We're going to take you there coming up in just a moment from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, guy sends a tweet in, uh, this according to pro football reference, Jameis Winston leads the NFL in multi-interception games, 16 since 2015. Blake Bortles is second. (laughs) Oh my God. You could throw a ball with your feet and your back turned and have better stats than that. That is disgusting. But, um, Hey, he's probably going to get a long-term deal there. In Tampa Bay. That's how this stuff works. All right. uh, So I did promise you that we're going to take you live to the World Series. Uh, This is a man who we reached out to hours ago. 
and it took him hours to respond as we were getting big timed by the one and only Steve DeSager. Steve? No, not true. I, I just turned on my phone after first pitch. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, I just saw J.D. Martinez lose, oh, a, lose a baseball in the outfield. What happened? Was it the lights? No, it's because he's a DH trying to play the outfield. Oh, come course, on, Steve. I'm not kidding. There's no, they can't hide him forever. There was a game, it was a couple of nights ago, there were two times where the manager came out while the Boston fielders are out in the field, and he points to Martinez like, we got a pole hitter come up, and you're playing right field. Move over to left. We're going to switch places. A couple of times they did that just to get him out of harm's way. But as they say, they can't hide him forever. And so he just lost a ball in right field, held up his arms, couldn't see it, and then ran to the warning track, not in time. But, of course, the Dodgers left the man at third. So we're in the fourth inning. It's 2-1 Boston in the lead. Chance to clinch. And uh, I was expecting more Boston fans here tonight, quite honestly. It's not that there aren't, especially on down the right field line. There are a fair amount. And they were very vocal in the first inning. But with the way things went last night for the Dodger and, and their bullpen, I was expecting a little more. Uh, Steve DeSager with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Steve, a national update anchor here, normally uh, on during this show, uh, but he is at the World Series at Dodger Stadium. He is our embedded reporter there, our correspondent here uh, for wall-to-wall World Series coverage. We can only do this, um, speaking of hiding, we can only do this when Brady's not here because I don't want to school him on my baseball knowledge. You know what I mean, Steve? Yes, that's right. Just like you schooled Dan Byer on your golf knowledge. Uh, Look, it's it's just the way it's got to be sometimes. Uh, Now, let me ask you this, because you were there. You actually joined me on my highly rated weekend overnight show after the seven-hour and 20-minute extravaganza a couple of nights ago slash mornings ago. Um, Then you were there at last night's game, and now you're here at at, at tonight's game. Describe the difference between Friday night's game, the reaction afterwards, and Saturday night's game. Well, the closest we've gotten to anger in the crowd was the ninth inning last night. It was not quite the type of anger as when you Darvish was on the mound in Game 7 a year ago, but it was starting to get that. <laughs> and uh, by the way, speaking of the 18-inning game, I, and I'm seated next to Ben Maller for the first few innings. I had to come down to the press box to get a quieter place. But just I can confirm that Ben was in the ballpark during the 18th inning Friday night, our beloved Ben Maller who is prepping for his show tonight, by the way, as he speaks, as we speak, while he's uh, watching the game. When I told you Ben's not here, I meant here next to me because I said he had some people here at the stadium. So apparently he was with them during the eighth. Yeah, I don't want to besmirch his good name. Okay, well, here, here for people that are just tuning in, this is what happened. Steve joined us after the seven-hour extravaganza because that was one of the craziest. I'm not, I'm not, and Steve, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. One of the craziest... Uh, most bizarre sporting events I've ever seen. Not baseball, not postseason. I don't know that I've seen anything like that that went as long as it did and ended the way it did and the Evaldi performance, all of that. And so you joined us, and I asked you, I said, hey, uh, tell me uh, big-name media types who were pissed (laughs) off that the game went as long as it did. And you floated out the idea that Ben left the press box after a certain point in the game. Well, somebody tweeted at Ben, and Ben does this show, uh, does the overnights Monday through Friday here on Fox Sports Radio, and somebody tweeted at Ben and said, wow, Steve DeSager confirming that Ben Maller (laughs) left the game early, and Ben made it a point to tweet back and say that you were spreading fake news. So the the fact that he he picked you out and said, make sure you clear my name when you go on the air, tells me that maybe there's more to the story, Steve. No, it's just Fox on Fox crime. That's all that's going on. By the way, it was... 
It was a bad first inning here, but it started bad for the Dodgers even before first inning tonight. You know those Bud Clydesdale horses? Yeah. They're here tonight, and they were riding around the field, all the way around the field on that warning track. And let's just say that there were people riding behind the Bud Clydesdales for obvious reasons. Oh, okay. And a cleanup was needed directly in front of the L.A. Dodger dugout. That, that's <laughs> that good. That yeah. exact spot. Yeah, you know it's a bad night when uh, there's six other sporting events in town and you've got a horse taking a dump in the warning track. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a bad occur. night. And uh, then they had the pregame intros, by the way, and manager Dave Roberts was booed. That's a first in his three years. And so then later when they had the pregame meeting with the umpires at home plate, Dave Roberts was not out there. It was the bench coach that was sent out there to represent L.A. with the umpires before the game, which I found very interesting. Wow. And then we had two ceremonial first pitches. The one by the sponsor went to the backstop, and then the one by Oral Hirschheiser was dropped and went through the catcher's legs, and then the game starts, and Hirschheiser gives up a two-run homer in the first. So there's game five. Ah, uh, that's brilliant. Uh, now, is it a nervous crowd? Are there, like, what, what's the, uh, how much can you get a Ryan Matson jersey for in the, in the uh, merchandise shop? I mean, it's the final game. You know. Everything's on sale. That's right. We had a fire sale. That was the bullpen last night. You know, there will, I assume Ryan Madsen's going to be retiring shortly, so I don't know if they actually bothered to make up Ryan Madsen jerseys. Although I have seen at other times Jim Tomey Dodger jerseys actually being worn in the crowd in other oh. seasons, and he was a Dodger for like three weeks. So oh, I, for, and, and I forgot. Buck. I, I forgot Tomey was a Dodger. Oh, my. I so completely I, forgot until that. I saw, until I saw someone wearing it. By the way, I, as I'm standing next to this door in the cafeteria at the press box, this is the place with the unlimited Dodger dogs and the nachos and the frozen fruit bars and the popcorn and on and on and on. So you've never seen a, probably a thin sports writer. And I can tell you firsthand, this is why. That's great, man. Look at Steve DeSager. I mean, he's next to the food. He's got details on the horses in the outfield. This is the greatest interview this show has ever done. Oh, I can add one thing on food is in the postseason, And it was this way at Dodger stadium last year. Since this is a 1962 stadium, they use the cafeteria space as workspace for all the visiting media. Nobody can eat, actually sit down and eat in there. So every media member that covers Dodger postseason last year and this year, they get a $15 certificate when they enter the stadium good for any concession stand anywhere, anything they want, which is why I brought up that Rob Parker story the one time. <laughs> Because he bought stuff that the total went over $15, and all, all I could hear was Rob saying to the lady at the concession stand, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, and plus, it's got to be a pretty uh, packed booth in there. Like, wherever you go to watch this with members of the media, because all the Dodgers media, they've got to find places to put their pom-poms to go along with their food. So I, I, I don't know if there's a lot of room in there, Steve. Uh, yeah, well, there's uh, people getting off the bandwagon, perhaps, after last night. I, I wish I knew when was the last time in World Series history where a team used six relievers and literally all six failed in a row just in the last six innings. That yeah, was stunning. Yeah, but it's Dave Roberts' fault. It's all Dave Roberts' fault. Uh, yeah, as if it is. As if, as if he's not doing things. This is the exact team that the Dodger management wanted to put together. The fact that they're going to fall short last year and maybe this year it's on them. These are the exact types of players and philosophy of baseball that they want, and this is what they're getting. And so yet again tonight, you see a leadoff single, and he stands at first base for the rest of the inning because they don't hit the other way. 
They don't bunt. They don't steal. They don't move them over. They just swing from the heels. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Steve DeSager. Uh, if you want to get Steve on Twitter, our live studio audience here is getting ready to give you a round of applause, Steve. Uh, if you would like to get Steve on Twitter, you can find him at Tommy Lasorda is where you can find Steve DeSager, and he will answer uh, all your Dodger questions. If I may, one last item, because I actually was, you know, uh, Petros, who co-hosts our, uh, on our local affiliate in the afternoon. Yes. He does Fox College football on Saturdays. I saw Petros during one of the homestands recently here at Dodger Stadium, and it was his night for he and his friends and family to use one of the suites. And he knows Tommy was sort of going back years, so they invited Tommy up, and here he comes driving one of those uh, carts like you see the old people in the grocery stores. Tommy with the basket in the front, and yeah. so Tommy comes and visits the suite and is taking pictures for everybody, and then everybody winds up leaving before the end of the game, and it's literally only me and Tommy and a bunch of leftover food here in the suite. And, of course, anything that's free and involves food, that's for Tommy. And so he said, what do we got here? And I'm trying to identify the sandwiches. I put one on his plate. He said, come on, more. They're just going to throw it away. That's great. Steve DeSager, he is a he is a kind man. He eats with Tommy Lasorda. He hangs out with Ben Maller, and he calls into our show and updates us on the latest whereabouts of the Clydesdales from Budweiser. Steve, job well done. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Yeah, back to normal next Sunday. There he is. I love that man. That was a report, man. You know, sometimes you'll go to some of these people that are at these sporting events and they'll just tell you what's happening at the game and they'll give you the the, the ball strike count. Steve will actually tell you when a horse just took a crap on the warning track. That's that's how it's done, man. No stone unturned on this show. All right, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Great stuff from Steve DeSager, live from Dodger Stadium. Um, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Also, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. Become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, this is something that has not been done on the network in probably a year and a half to two years. Of any show that you listen to here, whether it's The Herd with Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, uh, The Ben Maller Show, it doesn't matter. Any show on the network, you have not heard this in at least a year and a half to two years. You will next here on Fox Sports Radio, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, The Gas Man, David Gascon. Guys, uh, focus all of our attention right now on game number five of the World Series. Red Sox with a couple runs in the first. Steve Pierce, a two-run shot. Leading the Dodgers right now 2-1. David Freeze also has a solo home run for the Dodgers. They're down this series three games to one. It is on Fox, and it's in the bottom of the fourth inning. Manny Machado is up right now against David Price. Meanwhile, Sunday night football from New Orleans, and right now it's the home team, Minnesota in front. Kirk Cousins out of the shotgun, takes the snap, floats out to the left, looks to the end zone, passes, caught! Touchdown! It's a touchdown to Stephon Diggs! Vikings Radio Network, they're in front. The two-minute awarding, 13-10. Stephon Diggs, four receptions for 54 yards and a TD. Drew Brees just threw a pick inside the 50 of Minnesota. Meanwhile, earlier today, Rams, the, the lone team in the NFL, undefeated still this season. 
improved to 8-0 on the year. They beat the Packers 29-27. Aaron Rodgers in a losing cause, 18-30 for 286-1 TD. On the other side, Todd Gurley, 195 total yards and also one score. Colts beat the Raiders in Oakland, 42-28. Marlon Mack, 25 carries for 132 yards and two TDs. Panthers by 15 over the Ravens, 36-21. Bears beat the Jets, 24-20. Mitchell Trubisky, 16-29 for 220 and also a pair of scores. Chiefs got four more touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. They beat the Broncos by 7, 30-23. James Conner had 212 yards and two scores. Steelers 33, Browns 18. Jonas, back to you. Thanks, Dave. We are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Drew Brees' first interception of the season. Wow. Harrison Smith on the interception. Uh, How long until Kirk Cousins fumbles? That's a weird thing, man. Uh, He has got an issue with fumbles. Just look up Kirk Cousins' fumble numbers. I would do it. I just don't want to. Uh, Okay, I'll just be honest. I don't want to do it. But look up Kirk Cousins' fumble numbers. It is astonishing how a good quarterback and a good player just can't figure that part out. Um, so the uh, we'll keep you updated on the Vikings and the Saints. Uh, as just mentioned, Minnesota 13-10 to 10 lead approaching halftime there uh, in Minnesota. All right, so we, uh, we used to do something on my highly rated weekend overnight show when David Gascon was a men- member of that show. And it was something that, uh, that probably should have gotten at least Dave fired and maybe myself. And it was called In the Gutter with Gascon. And it was a way to pay our respects to some of the more dysfunctional stories and human beings walking the face of the earth. We like to call them losers. And we couldn't really go that far with it. But I said, you know what? Brady's not here. Steve ditched us. Bobo's on Tinder. Uh, Roberts is hammered. I'm working all alone here. I got David Gascon. Why don't we bring back and dig up an oldie but a goodie for the return of this news. news he only finds the best stories i got a news flash who the hell are you it's in the gutter with david gagan here we go baby oh my god i get the chills i get the chills from that stupid open oh uh, i remember where i was it's like smells remind you of a moment in your life you smell something you go god that takes me back to this time i remember where i was the first time i heard that intro qualcomm stadium uh, no, yeah, dressed as a security guard. <laughs> I, I was I was looking for my thirty eight cents. Okay, we are off and running here. All right, Man. let's get it going. All right, so we'll start things off in college football. <laughs> we got a lot of things to a lot of things to get into. College football. I know there's a handful of coaches in football, college basketball that we love to uh, pay attention to a little bit more closely than others. Um, Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy had some choice words to the media after his team had upset number six Texas 38-35, to and he took down some of the social media warriors that are out there. Here's Coach Gundy. Criticism where? From where? Outside. Noise. From where? Twitter, radio. Yeah, oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> it's a platform for people that are sitting home trolling an unemployment check, sitting in front of a keyboard. <laughs> I'm not disregarding what you're saying. Trust me, I get it at my own house. But, I, I mean, I just kind of felt like that social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to 
and then other people are like needling it and they're sitting at home and they're late on a payment. So anyway, that's how I feel. <laughs> hold on, hold on a second. That's even greater than I realized. Okay. <laughs> now, now remember, Mike Gundy is the dude who had the "I'm a man, I'm 40." Yeah. He had that was like an all-time classic speech from Mike Gundy. That drops and everybody plays it. I think that's part of the reason why he's probably still employed. He's done a good job there, but but like that's everybody. You think Mike Gundy? You think I'm a man? I'm 40. That's greater than that. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. The mullet, he's got everything. The sound oh, bites, yeah. the mullet, the whole nine yards. He was he was taking shots from the media because people were talking about his starting quarterback and Taylor Cornelius and obviously his inability to move the football team up and down the field. So he responded in kind in postgame there. So we go from there. We continue, though, with social media. And there's a lot of things that are out there right now. And one of the things that uh, – uh, what we like to pay close attention to is our friends on the East Coast, in particular Boston, Massachusetts, where that's the home of Barstool Sports. Of course, they're in New York as well. Uh, the L.A. Rams are 8-0 this season, and they are the only residents of the L.A. Coliseum at the Professional League. Of course, it's home for the USC Trojans. But well, Pro Football Talk commentator had a nice tweet today. He said, fun fact, the Chargers don't play in the Coliseum because Phillip Rivers refuses to be in the same house as Trojans. Oh, man. There's a certain wide receiver that played for the Philadelphia Eagles no longer with them, but Freddie Mitchell, do you remember him? Uh, I sure do. All right. Well, he <laughs> responded and said he's the white version of Antonio Cromartie, minus the different women, just a S-load of kids running around. <laughs> well, he did not tag Cromartie in this, but Cromartie did see it. So he said, Freddie, shut your well, ass up. You said a couple of things in there too, but uh, it, is is one of them uh, the the name of a uh, a dessert snack, a ho ho? Yes. Okay. Yes. One of those. Okay. Yes. Seems like it makes sense uh, to place that there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, all right. So hold on. first of all, that's a quality joke by a PFT commenter. That that is a real quality that's joke. That's on. <laughs> um, I got. I want to say something I can't say on the air. Man, I wish you were this weekend overnight. Not right now. safe harbor <laughs> yet. You got like nine uh, hours to go. <laughs> damn it, kids, go to bed so I can crack this joke. Um, but but wow, that is uh, that's really well done. And then and then Freddie Mitchell. You know what's funny? Freddie Mitchell of all guys. Did you ever hear Brady Quinn told this story on the air, which is why I can mention it now. Um, he was working out in the off season with Freddie Mitchell. Uh, they were in the same area. Like I think they were in Arizona or Phoenix or someplace like that. And so they were. They wanted to get together, and he wanted to to throw the football. And he knew Freddie was there, so they ended up working out, and they were throwing routes together. And um, at one point towards the end, Freddie had a duffel bag with him, and the bag fell on the ground, and like a hundred of those uh, that that were just reference um, that that some people uh, call contraceptives, I, I guess would be the oh. professional. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like a hundred of those, those packets fell on the ground, and uh, <laughs> Brady said to him, "Hey man, you got uh, you got plans later?" <laughs> and uh, Freddie responded with something that was very appropriate, uh, but not appropriate to say on the air. Skydiving, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, so the the fact that Freddie Mitchell commented on that, uh, we've got to save that story and get Brady's thoughts because he's got intimate details on that whole. Of those shenanigans. Last one before we get to the other side. <laughs> um, we I still need to keep it clean, Dave. I'm trying. Social media, we'll, we'll stick with that. Uh, someone pulled a great tweet from July 11th of 2017, and that was from Green Bay Packers 
uh, athlete, we'll say that much. He's a returner. He's a running back and a wide receiver from Stanford. Ty Montgomery, he said in a tweet last year, I wonder what's a mistake I've made in my life that would cause people to hate me so much and to wish me ill will. Well, Ty, here you go. Montgomery retreats oh. inside his goal line. He's going to do the Rams a favor and bring it out to the 10, the 15, and he's tackled at the 20. The ball, the ball is out. The Rams take over and they can ice it. The special teams hit, jarred the ball loose from Ty Montgomery. And if it's Rams football, it's game over. Call courtesy of the Rams radio <laughs> oh network. They beat the Packers 29-27. They kicked a field goal to go up by two with 2.05 to play in the fourth quarter. And because of that fumble, Aaron Rodgers could not get the football back to try to get set things up for a game-winning field goal. Did you have to do that, Dave? I had I mean, to. You got you to like dig up the body and then put it on their front door. Oh, yeah. Drop the piano on them, too. I mean, come on, man. It's like it's like the family's dog just died. <laughs> and instead of letting them mourn the loss of their dog, Dave digs it up and drops it on their kitchen table. Listen, you should be proud of me. I kept this thing about as PG-rated as I could at this hour. Yeah, the guy fumbled, uh, taking the ball out of the end zone. He's going to be mocked by, by everybody in Green Bay who's had four Miller Lights at the Applebee's nearby. And he didn't need any more ridicule and dave goes on a national platform where we are the highest rated show in this time slot uh if nobody else is on the air and dave's got to drop that little tidbit and bring up an old tweet to, to pile on jeez it's I'm a, here. It's disgusting man i'm here for you all right i like it <laughs> uh all right uh jonas Knox here fox sports radio it's good to have in the gutter back didn't that feel like home dave it, it did i mean <laughs> minus the uh the different time uh, schedule for us. Yeah, of course. Much more comfortable. I'll yeah, that much. Yeah, a little, a uh, little too PG for me. All right, um, <laughs> we are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, there is one NFL team who made the same mistake that many of you do before the season. Find out who we're talking about next on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, normally, Brady Quinn is here with me doing this show, but uh, Brady is gone. It is his birthday weekend, uh, so he took a, a much-deserved night off. He's been broadcasting. He's been traveling the country. He's been doing stuff during the week for other networks that I will not mention on the air. Um, he's been uh, uh, going all over the country, man. So the guy deserved a little bit of a, a, a time off, and he deserved the show off. And so Brady Quinn uh, is not with us here on the show, so, but make sure you find him on Twitter. Wish him a happy birthday. It was his birthday weekend. You can find, I believe there is a gif out there of Brady Quinn eating a cake um, with, with no silverware during the Northwestern game. Don't get your hopes up. I'm not, especially after I saw that. Learn You're how to eat. Inferior. Learn how to eat some cake, man. Like just learn how to eat properly. Be a be a professional. You're in the booth, and the guy's shoving his face inside a crummy cake. By the way, where did where, where did Joe Davis and crew get that cake from? The Dollar Tree. What what was that? All right, you're just inferior. All right. By the way, do you know what uh, us as a show? Does anybody know what we got, Brady Quinn? Anybody know what we got, Brady Quinn, as a show? Uh, we got him. Not a damn thing is what we got him. Yes, we did. What did we get him? We all got text message rage from sending him a happy birthday text message. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> would you like to know what uh, my text message to him was? Sure. 
Well, I'll tell you an hour four. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble on the air. Uh, all right, so updating you on the World it Series. A it is a It's a gif. <laughs> <laughs> it is a gif. <laughs> it is, it is uh, something that I will not mention on the air because uh, we have mentioned it before. I miss working um, overnights on this show, uh, I, know. I swear. Uh, just let her rip, baby. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, World Series, an update, end of five. The Red Sox holding on to a 2-1 lead. Clayton Kershaw giving up a two-run shot to Steve Pierce. Um, and the uh, Dodgers are trailing 2-1, looking to stave off elimination in the World Series. By the way, this won't be the first time that a Pierce from Boston has crushed L.A. Paul Pierce, get it? Paul Pierce, anybody out there? Oh, How about that? Huh? I see what you did see there. what I did there? That'll be stolen by somebody. Promise you. Um, all right, so I do want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. <laughs> uh, become a new card member, and Discover card will match all the cash back. You've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. I can say this. As long as I've known you, that's the first time that you've actually lost me with that one. I didn't even think about him. Next level, I, man. It's I next level. Even, wow. Just what I do. So huh. It's next level. Um, all right. So the New York Giants are a landfill. <laughs> they are so bad, man. The Giants are so incredibly bad. And uh, and the issue is really what's going on on offense. And when Pat Shermer is brought in, and Pat Shermer is supposed to be the guy to fix the offense and the ailing offense and the woes offensively, and then you draft Saquon Barkley, and then you address the O-line in the offseason, you'd assume that the O-line and the running backs and the receivers and the quarterbacks and the head coach and everybody would be fluid and everything would go well. Unfortunately, it is not. The Giants have lost again. Here was Pat Shermer earlier today. You can't score 13 points in any game at any level and expect to win them so we you know once we got to unlock that we got to get that better so whatever it is we we got to get that figured out we got to put the ball in the end zone more often oof that is uh so if you score 13 points in baseball or soccer that's good that's actually pretty damn good that that's like one of my uh that's like one, one of my things when people ask me about golf just ask me, Bobo, ask me a random question about golf. I'll pull a Pat Shermer and just BS the entire thing, but make it seem like I know what I'm talking about. Ask me something about golf. How many uh, PGAs have Tiger Woods won? Well, here's the thing about Tiger Woods. It's not so much how many he's won. It's how many he's dominated. And when you factor in how many he's affected it just by being near the top, the number is out of this world. What are you doing? What is he talking about? What is Pat Shermer talking about? Here's what I think happened in New York, and I'm serious about this. The Giants did what all of us have done. Every single year, every time we've tried to predict the NFL, Brady and I made our season predictions. We go division by division, and every year somebody screws up. Somebody picks a team that finishes dead last. Every year we all do this. Media, you as fans, everybody does this. I think the Giants misread their own team. I, I swear to God, I think the Giants went into this season thinking they were better than they actually were. Because now you got a potential fire sale going on. Eli Apple's gone. Damon Snacks Harrison is gone. Uh, Kyle Laletta is being shown on the sidelines as a guy who potentially could be the quarterback of the future. But Kyle Laletta was a later round draft pick and he hasn't even suited up for a game this year. I think the Giants thought they were going to be better than they were. If this was all about building towards the future, why did you take a running back at number two? You had the quarterback of the future sitting there. 
I think the Giants took the running back because they didn't realize how bad off they were with Eli Manning. And so they took the running back because they thought they were in win-now mode, only to find out, win-now, we might not win again. They completely overvalued their own team, their own roster, and that's why the Giants are in this state that they are. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, another hour here next on FSR. We have got a developing situation. It has got huge implications, a bad scene currently happening right now in the world of sports. I'll tell you what that is coming up here momentarily. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, You can get me on Twitter at TheJonasKnox, and we do it all live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I normally do the show with Brady Quinn. If you are wondering where Brady Quinn is, uh, if you are really missing Brady Quinn at this point in time, Tough balls. He's not here. I am. I am the backbone of this show. Brady's got the night off, and it's all about me. Ha ha. Uh, but no, Brady will be back next week. It's his birthday weekend. He's having a good time, enjoying time with the family. He deserves it. He's a good dude. He'll be back next week, and we'll get back to our usual grab ass and shenanigans that we normally do here in this time slot. But we have got, yeah, uh, mine too. We have got a uh, a developing situation in the world of sports. So the Dodgers who appeared Saturday night to have taken momentum back from the Boston Red Sox after that long seven-hour and 20-minute game that lasted into the wee hours of Saturday morning. The Dodgers appeared to take all the momentum back. Uh, They had a 4-0 lead, and then the Dodgers coughed up that lead on a three-run shot by Ryan Madsen. Kenley Jansen gave up a tying home run, and then it was the Dodgers' bullpen who proceeded to defecate all over themselves on national TV and give up another five runs and end up losing game four, thus falling down three to one in the series. So they're trying to stave off elimination. It's game five at Dodger Stadium right now. Clayton Kershaw on the mound. And what does Kershaw do? Gives up a two-run homer in the first inning. And the Dodgers, though, rally back and they get one back. And you think, all right, look, they, this team's got a never-say-die attitude. And, uh, and, you, and you figure, man, the Dodgers are going to figure this out. This is just what they do. The cardiac kids, they're always going to rally. It's what this team is built on, man, the heart and the toughness and the loyal fan base. And then what happened a half inning ago? Mookie Betts with a home run off Clayton Kershaw. Now the lead is sitting at 3-1. to one. But the story was, as they panned to the crowd, somebody dressed in Dodgers gear clapping after Mookie Betts' home run. So I'm assuming that somebody had the over-under of two and a half runs in the game and and bet their paycheck on it because I have no idea what's happening at Dodger Stadium. Man, it was so weird. Like, they were panning the audience. They were showing all the the Red Sox fans in the audience, and all of a sudden you see this guy, and right next to him is a lady with a Dodgers hat, Dodgers shirt, and just clapping, woo! That's great, yeah. man. I'm the, like, okay, you transformer. Uh, right. that, that is a, that is a great look. Uh, so as we as we have it right now, it is the bottom of the sixth inning. There's an out. 
Uh, the Red Sox are up 3-1. to one. They can close out the World Series here tonight if they can finish this off. David Price is pitching really, really well. Uh, for a guy who came into the postseason uh, being talked about as somebody who chokes and his record in the postseason was never very good and he had really, really bad performances, David Price has been phenomenal this postseason. He's worked out of the bullpen. Uh, he, he's coming on short rest, and he is dealing tonight out-pitching Clayton Kershaw in an elimination game. And if you remember... It was David Price who got the Red Sox into the World Series because he pitched in the elimination game against the Astros. So Boston is rolling right now, and it's looking good for Boston to celebrate uh, another World Series title, this time uh, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, So we'll keep you posted on, on how that plays out. Now, something that did play out in this game actually took place before the game. And this is what I think is so bizarre that that we do as as members of media and as sports fans. The people that we blame sometimes and the people that we put fault in sometimes, it just it sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me. And I've said this before, like just because you had bad traffic on your commute into work doesn't mean your day at work's also got to suck. Okay? Like that, that's not how this works. Um, just because uh, you get in a fight with somebody doesn't mean you got to take it out on the next person. Believe it or not, you do have a choice in things. And so the idea that Dave Roberts is getting all the blame and Dave Roberts is the guy that's getting cracked for why the Dodgers bullpen is what it is just doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was bad. I thought what I was seeing on social media was bad as far as the criticism of Dave Roberts. Steve DeSager... Our national update anchor here at Fox Sports Radio, he actually joined us live from Dodger Stadium earlier in the show, and he portrayed even a worse situation and a worse response for the Dodgers manager. And uh, then they had the pregame intros, by the way, and manager Dave Roberts was booed. That's a first in his three years. And so then later when they had the pregame meeting with the umpires at home plate, Dave Roberts was not out there. It was the bench coach that was sent out there to represent L.A. with the umpires before the game, which I found very interesting. Think about that. This guy has brought you to -to back-to-back World Series. He can manage. That's clear. He can manage. He's good at it. He's gotten you to -to back-to-back World Series. But because it's easier to blame one guy than a bunch of guys, everybody's pointing fingers at Dave Roberts. I I don't understand it. Like, why is Dave Roberts responsible for the crummy performance in his bullpen? It it goes back to my point. Just because one thing happens, it doesn't mean that other bad things also have to happen. Just because you get hammered doesn't mean you also have to drive. You have choices. You got choices. One thing doesn't lead to another. So because Dave Roberts puts Kenley Jansen in a six-out save save position, that means Kenley Jansen has to give up a home run in back-to-back games? So because Dave Roberts trusts Ryan Madsen and and puts Ryan Madsen in a position to to, to get some outs, Ryan Madsen has to give up all seven runners he inherits? It's Dave Roberts' fault that he can't locate his pitches? It's Dave Roberts' fault? That Kenta Maeda uh, gives up a, a, a base-clearing double late in the game that puts the game out of reach in, in game four? Like, how is that Dave Roberts' fault? At some point, blame the players. He's putting professionals in a position to succeed, and they're not doing it. If Clayton Kershaw ends up losing this game in another big-time performance, guess whose fault it isn't? Dave Roberts. It's not his fault Clayton Kershaw is not getting it done in the clutch. 
it's not his fault uh, the hitters aren't driving in uh, in runners that are on base. That's not Dave Roberts' fault. It's their fault. But like, like everyone looks at it like it's this attached thing. So Dave Roberts gets he gets booed before the game, and then when they go to bring the scorecards out, he's got to send somebody else because he doesn't want to get booed again. <laughs> What's happening here? And then they pan over after a home run by a Red Sox player, and it's somebody in Dodgers gear clapping. By God, L.A. has lost their damn minds, man. They have lost their minds. All right. And and by the way, figure out the traffic situation and figure it out on Sunday nights. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it taking so damn long to get into work on Sundays. I realize many of you work Monday through Friday, and you're trying to squeeze every last drop out of the weekend so you drive 38 in a 65 to get to wherever you got to go on the highways out here. But I got to get to work, all right? Because one of us has got to show up for this show, and God knows Brady Quinn's not. Question. Uh, Let's go live to uh, Bobo for the latest. Now, if you're not blaming Dave Roberts, and I honestly was. I can say after the first two games I was blaming Dave Roberts because once when you put Madsen in, Madsen sucked. He was horrible. And I was really upset at Madsen for pitching the way he did. And and, and oh another home run there? Who's that? Is that J.D. Dude. Martinez? Oh, I want to curse <laughs> right now. Yeah. Another home run and the Bo Sox with a 4-1 lead over the Dodgers, top of the seventh, nobody out. Another home run, Clayton Kershaw's third home run allowed, and the ball-washing Dodger fanboys that make up majority of Fox Sports Radio staff here have all run out into traffic simultaneously. <laughs> My God. It's a good thing I realized Bobo's mic was on, dude. I had to leave the room for a second. Yeah. By the way, Rob, if you heard the banging in the background, that was Roberts throwing his headsets on the ground. This is Roberts is acting like I was the other uh, Dallas game like two weeks ago. Oh my God! This is this This is is a bad bad. one. There's going to be a lot of fallout from this series. It's going to be bad right now. Why doesn't Dave Roberts take out Kershaw? He's given up three home runs. Why are you leaving him in the game? I'd rather have Kershaw in there than some of these other guys that have pitched out of the pen. Honestly, Hmm. I mean, who do you trust? I another apparently right now not Kershaw because he's not doing a damn thing but giving them hits. That's rough. Oh my God, that's rough. But look, hey, here, listen, listen. Uh, I do have good news for Dodger fans that are feeling the pain. I do have good news. All right. I've got good news. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about no World Series titles in a long time for the Dodgers. The good news is you have seen two World Series titles clinched at Dodger Stadium. Oh, no. Uh, do I do I do I owe you one? Uh, all right, um, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. We are coming to you live from the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. So we'll keep you up to date. Uh, I did not plan to do a full segment on baseball, but sometimes you got to shoot from the hip here, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, Dodgers not winning apparently. Uh, I, I do want to mention this though, because we were talking about this earlier, and I was making the point in the NFL. So you saw the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose on the road to the Bengals. Cincinnati was dominating the game. Uh, Jameis Winston was atrocious. He threw four interceptions. He was benched. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. He was 11 of 15, threw a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, drove him down the field, got him back into the game, actually tied it late with a two-point conversion, and then they went down and Randy Bullock kicked the game winner eventually for Cincinnati. But the story uh, coming out of this game, I reached out to somebody that is close to the organization. I said, hey, I'm on the outside, and maybe I've read this all wrong, but I said, Just looking at it from the outside, 
it just appears that that team enjoys playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick more. They seem to rally around Ryan Fitzpatrick. Am I wrong? He said, you're not wrong. You're 100% correct. And this is somebody that is really, really close to the organization. And so I tried to poke around, okay, what's the future? What's going to happen? Are they, like, who are they going with moving forward? And he said, you know, it's too soon to tell. Here's what I'll say. We do have an example of this in recent years. And the example took place back in 2013 with the Chicago Bears. In 2013, Jay Cutler was looking at a long-term contract extension. But Jay Cutler ended up getting injured, and he was out of the lineup for the Bears. And so they went with a veteran backup, a guy who kind of knew the system a little bit, in Josh McCown. Josh McCown was brilliant. He was fantastic, just like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Bears made their choice. The second Cutler got healthy, they put Cutler back into the lineup, and the Bears were not the same offensively and ended up missing the playoffs afterwards. And if you talk to players on that team or people that covered the team at that time, they'll tell you the biggest mistake they made was going back to Jay Cutler after he got healthy because they were not the same team offensively that they were when they had Josh McCown in. And so the Bears doubled down on that, and they gave Cutler the big-time contract extension afterwards, and the rest was history. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got to figure out who you're riding with here. Because I don't see how Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston coincide moving forward. You either need to determine if Jameis Winston's your guy or Dirk Cutter's your guy or if neither are your guy. You keep Ryan Fitzpatrick around. You find an offensive-minded head coach, and you develop a young quarterback like other teams have done around the year, around the league. Because at this rate, it is not working. And when I can see it and you can see it watching a Bucs game, that it is not right there, that there's something off, that, that the backup quarterback gets a better reaction in the huddle than the starter does, the potential franchise quarterback, something's not right. It's a bad situation, and it'll be one to watch moving forward. All right, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Coming up next, uh, there was a team that made a decision on a quarterback a few years ago, and they got crushed for it, and they got crushed by their own team for it, but they actually got it right. I'll tell you who it is next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. About time a little Deftones, Bo. Good man. You ever seen Deftones live, by the way? Yes. Yeah? The Chino, the lead singer, I don't believe he's ever seen Deftones live sober, uh, if I'm uh, not mistaken. I think I was about it was about 10 plus years ago. Yeah, they're good. They performed at the Coliseum yeah. with Metallica, Lincoln Park. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah, some, what was it, Summer Sanitarium? Summer Sanitarium, yeah. yeah. That was an amazing concert. Yeah. Right First down. mosh pit ever in life. Oh, you were you were in a mosh pit? Yeah. All right. Doing that Good again. for you. <laughs> I, I was in a Slayer mosh pit one time. Everybody talks about, man, Slayer mosh pits are the real deal. Oh, my God. It was like tickling each other. <laughs> and I, I lit some guy up, blindsided him because he knocked me over and I needed to get him only to feel better about myself. And I'm almost positive I separated my shoulder and I have not gotten it fixed because uh, he was a lot larger than me. But um, are we on the air? 
Uh, all right, so uh, coming up in less than 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, normally we do uh, over-unders here on the show. We are not going to do over-unders because Brady Quinn is not here. And plus, we already know how over-unders work. Uh, we do them every single week. I usually give Brady a beating. He complains. He bitches and he moans about the results. and It's just it's ridiculous. So we're not going to do over-unders, but we will be doing the scraps in its place. It's a fun way to mix in some stories from around the NFL and around sports. We have not had a chance to get to, um, if you are looking for an update on, on Sunday night football, we do have one for you here as the new Orleans saints are pulling away from the Minnesota Vikings, a pick six of Kirk cousins and the saints have a 27, 13 lead over the Minnesota Vikings under six minutes to go in the third quarter. And then in the World Series, game five, they are going to the bottom of the seventh. The Red Sox with a 3-1 series lead, looking to close it out. And Boston is up 4-1 over the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw has now given up three home runs in this game. So you want to talk about two guys playing side-by-side and having the same reputation. How about Kirk Cousins and Clayton Kershaw? Like, on display, side-by-side, with the same reputation. Can't trust him on a big spot. Can't trust him on a big stage. That's been the knock on Kirk Cousins. That's been the knock on Clayton Kershaw. And here they are, side-by-side, and they're doing the exact same thing. Because Kirk Cousins has not played well in this game. And that's surprising, considering Kirk Cousins has been really, really good the rest of the season. He's been great. If you just look at Kirk Cousins' numbers before this game kicked off, Kirk Cousins has lived up to the contract. He's played really well. And when you think about just some of the other games that maybe they didn't win, Kirk Cousins was in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and he held his own. And it ended up being a tie. And you assume that Kirk Cousins had gotten over the hump. He even played really, really well on Thursday night football in a shootout against the Rams. But here he is throwing a pick six, and they're in a bad spot, now down two scores under six minutes to go in the third at home. And I've said this, man. I think he's a better quarterback than Case Keenum, no doubt about it. But if Minnesota falls short this year, Kirk Cousins is going to get the blame because he's what's different as opposed to a year ago. There are other factors in play, injuries, uh, lack of running back depth, all of that. But it's Kirk Cousins who got the big contract, and if he comes up small again in a big spot, he's going to be the guy to blame. Same with Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw hasn't pitched awful in this game. He hasn't pitched bad. He's given up three home runs, but you know uh, the, the most was a two-run shot, but he's held the Red Sox a dynamite offense to four runs through seven innings. They can't score. It's been the issue all year long with the Dodgers. They can't drive in runs. If it's not a home run, it's nothing. That's not Clayton Kershaw's fault. He's not getting a lot of support. But when you go into it with a narrative and you go into it behind the eight ball and you go into it already playing from behind because everybody assumes that you can't get it done on a big stage, it doesn't matter how good Kirk Cousins plays this year, and it doesn't matter how dominant Clayton Kershaw has been at other parts in the season. They're only going to look at the big spots. And so here we are, side by side, it's the same dude. Kershaw and Cousins, the same guy, and they're having the same results so far. Uh, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. 
I think that uh, I think the PJ Williams pick six. I think he went into the end zone at the exact same time JD Martinez's tank to center field went over the outfield wall. It was kind of they must be connected, man. Yeah, I I think that's it was uh, very close. Yeah, to them like the, the he crossed the end zone as he hit the home run. It's almost like Stranger Things. Like it's I think it's the upside down. It's like the the same world but upside down. Uh, for all you people out there that have never seen the Stranger Things, just forget I said that. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll disregard all that. Uh, go back to Comic Con. Uh, all right, so um, so we do have the scraps uh, coming up here in a few minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll get to that here. But I did want to mention this. So the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who took care of business, they beat the Lions earlier today, uh, earlier on Sunday. Seattle, after starting 0-2, has now won 4-5. And you can argue that they're better than the record that they have right now currently, which is 4-3. and They lost week one in Denver. Almost everybody does. Denver historically, especially the last several years, has been dominant weeks one and week two in Denver against opponents. I believe they're 16 and two or 15 and one in their last 16, dominant. And that's because of the altitude. Players aren't in the best shape. You go to Denver, you're going to have problems early on. And Seattle lost that game, and it was close. Then Seattle lost the next game Monday night at Chicago. Injuries were a factor, but Seattle wasn't out of that game. The Bears didn't dominate the Seahawks in that game. They had opportunities there, but injuries, um, they were really thin in certain spots, and the Bears' defense was overwhelming in that spot on Monday Night Football. And so they start off 0-2. The other loss that they've got on their record is against the Rams at home in Seattle. And you can argue that Seattle should have won that game. They had stopped the Rams... It was a fourth and one. The Rams were set to punt, and they sent out Jared Goff to go for it on fourth down. Sean McVay wanted to punt the ball. Who knows how that game would have turned out? So Seattle's been in all of these games. And what's funny about this is that the organization made a decision the last couple of years that they were going to ride with Russell Wilson, and they were going to let some of the big personalities go. In essence, the organization was saying in Seattle, we want our team back. Okay, we don't we don't want all the issues, all the talk, all the off-field stuff, all the drama, all of it. We don't want it anymore. It's done. It's run its course. You know, you see what's happening in Jacksonville? You know the difference between Jacksonville and Seattle? Seattle's got a Super Bowl. Jacksonville was a one-year wonder and they're melting down. You've got players running out on bar tabs. You've got I mean, it's just it's a disaster. So, Seattle and the organization decided a little while back they're going to go with Ru- Russell Wilson, and they were crushed for it. Teammates didn't like Russell Wilson. Guess what? They made the right call. Marshawn Lynch is gone. He's in Oakland, a shell of his former self. He's not even playing right now. Richard Sherman is in San Francisco. Who cares? Nobody's heard a damn thing from Richard Sherman all year long. Michael Bennett's in Philly. Big deal. He blends in with the crowd. Nobody really knows anything about it. Earl Thomas is out for the season. Russell Wilson has been the constant there. He's been the best player on the team the last several years. But because he wasn't popular amongst some of his teammates, he kind of got a bad rap. And so here they are. We all assumed, how are they going to figure this out with, with so many superstars gone from the roster? And the constant is and has always been Russell Wilson, and he's got him in position again to potentially make a playoff run. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. 
Uh, get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we do come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And also, we are brought to you here by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Coming up next, we are going to get to uh, a couple of stories from the NFL world that are very bizarre, that don't make a whole lot of sense, but need to be talked about, and we need to get to the bottom of them. We'll have that for you next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, say hello to the gas man, David Gasco. Uh, on a night that uh, Brady Quinn and uh, your executive producer, Eric Roberts, check out. It's you, me, and Bobo, man on the ship. Yep. So we'll start things off in Major League Baseball, yep. where it could be coming to a close here in – Two full innings, guys. Red Sox leading the Dodgers in game number five, 4-1 in this best of seven series. J.D. Martinez hit another home run off of Clayton Kershaw. Steve Pierce the two-run shot to get things going in the first inning off of Kershaw's 4-1 again. Dodgers have all of three hits in this ball game against David Price, who could be the World Series MVP. Onward we go in the National Football League. Saints and Vikings right now is all New Orleans in this thing. 27-13. to It's the end of the third quarter from Minnesota. Alvin Kamara just has 73 total yards, but does have two touchdowns in this ball game. And Kirk Cousins with an INT. Rams, the only team in the league undefeated still. 29-27 over Green Bay. Todd Gurley, a monster performance, 195 total yards and a score. Colts drop the Raiders by 14. San Francisco falls again to the Cardinals, 18-15. Arizona 2-6 and six on the season. Their only two wins are against the 49ers. By the way, did anybody watch that game? Because I didn't. I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> that game shouldn't have been in HD. I swear, you remember back in the day there was always one game on the calendar that was that was in standard def? That's that, true. That, that should be whatever game the Cardinals and Niners are in. Uh, honest to God, that they're game, terrible. That game deserves to be on MySpace. Uh, yeah, put it somewhere, man. Like, where could they put that? What, is MySpace or uh, where else could they put that? Blockbuster? Uh, po- Bobo just said in my ear, Pornhub. That's ridiculous, Bobo. Wow. Get a grip. Get a grip, Bo. He's okay. got two grips. God. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, what else you got, Dave? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Eagles, they uh, they won a day in London over the Jaguars, 24-18. Baltimore, they fall in Carolina, 36-21. And something we will discuss here in just a couple seconds, Cincinnati Bengals held on to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 37 37- to 34, Jameis Winston did all he could. One touchdown, four INTs. He was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they still lose anyway. Jonas, back to you. Thanks, Dave. We are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, Coming up in about 12 to 15 minutes from now, um, somebody has corrected me on a statement I made earlier in the show. Uh, I thought I was clever, but I was corrected by somebody, and this somebody is a bit of a celebrity. So you will hear about that uh, in about 12 to 15 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, though, it is time to get to some things from around the NFL world, the college football world, who the hell knows, things around the world of sports in general. Uh, it is time for this. Jonas, you moron. How could you not get to these stories? You moron. These are the scraps. And for that, we turn it back over to the man himself, the gas man, David Gascon, Jonas, to find out what the hell we've missed so far. Jonas, Dave? I'm on your diet right now. I'm 20 hours and counting. 
fasting. Oh, yeah? It's not that bad, man. Once you do it for a little while, it's really not bad at all. But I turn to the dark side. I know you are a big, uh, well, your coffee, you're what? You're not Starbucks. You're Dunkin' Donuts, right? Oh, no. I My favorite coffee, If I if, like if we're talking chain coffee, and get the blonde roast from Starbucks. All right. They only sell it in the morning. The blonde roast is stronger. A lot of people think the dark roast is, but the blonde roast is actually stronger. Right. Uh, that, and I know that because we had a barista call into my weekend overnight show. <laughs> I mean, I can't get an athlete to call in. <laughs> I can't get any of my buddies to call in or listen, but I got a barista in Seattle to call in one time wearing a Sean Kemp jersey to tell me what the difference between a blonde roast and a dark roast. And the blonde roast is not the beans aren't cooked for as long. So that way there's more caffeine in it. So does that mean okay. that me and Eric aren't your buddies since we haven't been asked to call in on your show? You guys are hammered. I, I mean, well, You guys yeah. are usually working on the show when you're hammered. Yeah, come I mean, on. Well, I'm saying, so... <laughs> I, you guys should call more. I don't know why you guys don't call in more often. If you're bombed or not, call in. Make the network look good. You don't ask. Uh, look, you and I run in different circles, okay? That's true. You're, you're behind the gates. I'm on the streets. That's right. Bobo. That's how yeah, it goes. Okay. Prime time. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because I've I've had bulletproof coffee today, so that's the only thing that's <laughs> keeping the day alive Wait, for what? me. what? Yeah, bulletproof coffee. You've never had it? No. You could go to Whole Foods. You could buy uh, one small. Oh, for $11,000 at Whole Foods. That'll be fun. $14.99. Um, like you buy a, 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 a stick of gum at Whole Foods, and it's $34. Yeah, it's all my paycheck. We'd be uh, remiss, too, if we didn't say this. we got to say goodbye to Katie Powell, one of our editors. She's working her last show with you today. She's uh, taking off, leaving for uh, the wonderful city of San Diego. She'll be gone in a couple of days, but got to say goodbye to her. She yeah. does a lot of work behind the scenes She's for great. us, editing and whatnot. And uh, guess what, Jonas? What's that, Dave? We got another home run from yeah! Chavez Ravine. There it is. Yeah. Steve Pierce again. Yeah. Steve, don't call me Paul Pierce with another home run for the Red Sox. 5-1. And uh, it is all... But almost over here as we are now, what is it, two outs in the top of the eighth, Red Sox 5-1? to one. I want to give Ben Maller a hug. <laughs> I don't. Man, let me tell you something. If you go on the air and you wave pom-poms like some people do for their favorite teams as broadcast professionals, and then your team comes unglued in the biggest moment of the season – you deserve to be ripped. Oh, Ben doesn't do that, though. Oh, no. No, no, not at all. You deserve <laughs> to get crushed, man. You got Sooner or later, you just got to come to terms with the idea that these athletes, these players, they don't give a crap about you. You know what I, you know what I think? Anytime I find myself really wanting to root for a team, I just think 30% of these guys on this roster right now would try and sleep with my girlfriend. That's what I think. Honest to God. So why am I going to spend my time falling in love with these players and then being my, getting my heart ripped out every October when they don't deliver? Your girlfriend's got a great Instagram account, too, by the way. <sighs> Wait a minute. Anyways, speaking Jesus. of getting ripped up, um, gambling. She we, blocked we, me. Uh, well, nothing wrong with that. Okay. Uh, speaking of gambling, a um, couple different things. We'll start off with a, a favorite of yours, college football. Next weekend, we get Alabama taking on LSU. Ball game is not in Alabama's backyard. It's actually, in fact, in Death Valley. Now, you've been to a couple different spots in SEC territory. Um, Death Valley is a unique one. Well, with all that being said, LSU is a 14.5-point underdog at home in a primetime ball game. Yeah. As it was announced by Caesars Palace, Crimson Tide, 14.5-point favorites. It's the first time that LSU has been at this big of a home underdog since 1999 when they were an underdog against 
the old football coach, Steve Spurrier, when he was head coach of Florida back in October 9th of 1999. Look, and I know it, it's – and I think we've got fatigue because it's Alabama, so people are dealing with a little Alabama fatigue, but they are that good. Yeah. As as um, as has Tua – uh, Tugavailea has he played in the fourth quarter yet? No, he has not. <laughs> Just some, that, think about that. That is how dominant this team is. Their starting quarterback has yet to take a snap in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Look at the game's out of reach. Like, well, honest to God, like, well, you know, Tua. What time is it? Nah, just go home for the day. Well, we don't need you here. Like that. Like he never works a full day. Like he's they're so good at their job that he gets to leave by two every day. It's unreal. Like it's amazing. And so when you see they're a 14 point favorite against Coach O and, and LSU, and LSU's a good football team, that that's not a mistake. There's a lot of people that are gonna look at that and go, oh, well, that's a mistake. No, that's not a mistake. Alabama's that good this year. They're that dominant this year that they're 14 point favorites over LSU in a in a in a place where they've got a great home field advantage. Jonas, we continue with all the what's going on in the world of sports. On the hardwood court, real quick, Oklahoma City Thunder picked up their first win of the season, beating the Suns 117-110. But one team that has failed to pick up a W, w is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And today they have fired their head coach, Teron Liu. They're 0-6 this year, and he has received his walking papers. I love the – this is how bad it is. Um, everybody wants to be LeBron's best friend. And they, they want to get the sit down after he decides to retire or something. So it's like this race to kiss LeBron's ass uh, all over by uh, media members. So LeBron's not even in Cleveland anymore. And you had people running to the defense of Teron Liu after he was fired. <laughs> They're 0-6. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, did he do a great job? I don't, I'm supposed to mend the great job he did. And I'm not rooting for anybody to lose their job. But it's not like it's outside the realm of possibility that a team who thinks they've got a couple of decent players and has played and looked awful this season would want to make a change to the coach. (laughs) Were were the same people also running to the defense of Mike Williams when he got fired or David Blatt when he got fired? I I didn't hear all that because everybody wants to kiss LeBron's ass. He's not even in Cleveland anymore, and people still want to poke holes in the Cavaliers organization. See, because of you guys, that's why LeBron left. No, LeBron left because he wanted to go make 55 documentaries and TV specials in the first six minutes he arrived to L.A. He didn't want to be there anymore. What happens? Last one, we'll finish this one on a high note. Have you ever skipped out on a tab? Whew. Now, listen, that's a loaded question, Dave. Um, have I accidentally? Oh, accidentally. Yes. Right. Was it for drinks or dinner or lunch it or breakfast? For, it was for a lot of drinks. Accidentally, I skipped out on a tab. What city? Uh which one happened? Don't I? say it. Don't say it. Don't <laughs> let them know where you are now. Uh, yeah, um, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, okay. But but I have done it before. Okay. Uh, why do you ask? I, the reason why I ask is because a few Jacksonville Jaguar players were getting were getting at it over over the pond. In fact, they went to a, a nightclub and they tried skipping out on a sixty four thousand dollar tab. And they were arrested by cops at 4 a.m. Keep in mind, they're there for business when they were taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And you had four players that were there amongst the secondary players. Safety, Barry Church, he was the one that kind of accepted the blame for all this. Ronnie Harrison, Jared Wilson, and also cornerback DJ Hayden were the four players that were detained, filling a pay for a bar tab at the London Range Show Club early Saturday morning. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, maybe there was a language barrier with the waitress, but I realized the game wasn't in Tokyo or uh, Tijuana, and that's probably impossible since everybody speaks English. Um, they say it's a misunderstanding. Yeah, sure. 
Um, I'm trying to figure out how that's a misunderstanding. Well, they're I, drinking alcohol with a bottle starting at $577, at least for champagne and wow. also vodka. So, man, running up a tap for $64,000. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Um, I Now, here's – I have a buddy of mine who's – I'm going to be the best man at his wedding. I was supposed to be the best – I think his mom's listening, by the way. Uh, she probably won't like this, but, hey, too bad. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, everybody's going to get it on this show. Sorry. Um I was supposed to be the best man in his wedding the first time around, but he kicked me out of it because I kind of had a we, you know, little issue there. But uh, he's getting married again, and uh, I'm supposed to be the best man in his wedding. Don't sleep with this one. Uh, no. Come on, Dave. What? Jesus. Okay, I won't. Uh, so he is, he's getting married again, and and so, I mean, we're talking, this guy is, I mean, he's not a young guy, you know, mid-30s. And uh, he just recently walked out on his tab at a bar. Uh, guess whose bar it was? My brother's bar. That's whose bar it was. My own buddy walks out on the tab at my brother's bar, and he's not the only one to do it. I had to pay another buddy's tab who also walked out because he was borderline blacked out when he left the bar and just completely forgot to pay. I, I don't know. How's that happen? I don't. I just don't understand. But all right. What about you, Dave? You ever walk out on a tab? Uh, yeah, I've done it twice. Yeah. But the girl came back and paid for it. Okay, good. The gentleman, he's a real gentleman, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. It was he's, dinner and drinks too. What a, what a class act, David Gascon here. Uh, real, real Casanova, Dave Gascon is. It was in uh, Newport Beach, by the way. Unbelievable, David Gascon. He's a real. By the way, uh, ladies, if you would like to get a hold of Dave, uh, she on, was twice my age, by yeah, the way. Uh, ladies, if you would like to get a hold of Dave on Twitter, you can do so at Tiger Woods. <laughs> where you can find Dave. I'll be answering your tweets all night long. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, uh, I have been uh, proven wrong by somewhat of a celebrity. I'll tell you who that is next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. So uh, a a bit of a correction. I've been corrected by somewhat of a celebrity by for a statement I made earlier on the show. Uh, We will get to that here momentarily on Fox Sports Radio. Kirk Cousins was nearly intercepted again on Sunday Night Football. The uh, Minnesota Vikings trying to make a game out of this. Uh, the Vikings trailing the Saints 30-13, to 5.38 to go in the f- fourth quarter of this game on Sunday Night Football. Now a second and goal, and Cousins uh, trying to get the Vikings into the end zone, uh, down to the one-yard line, so Minnesota will have a third and goal. This is a pretty disappointing uh, performance by Minnesota and by Kirk Cousins. And I said it earlier, man, because he's the new guy, he's going to get the blame. Don't kid yourself. He's a better quarterback than Case Keenum is. But you go by what's different. And what's different is that Kirk Cousins is the new addition. And so now here he is on a big stage, the biggest game of the season for the Minnesota Vikings, and they've come up small so far. So he's trying to get into the end zone. They've now tried to QB sneak. Kirk Cousins has been stopped, so now we've got a fourth and goal in Minnesota. Uh, we also have the World Series going on. Game five, the uh, Boston Red Sox looking to eliminate the L.A. Dodgers. The Red Sox with a 5-1 lead, bottom of the eighth, one on, one out for the Dodgers, uh, trying to stave off elimination, but it is not looking good. And it looks like a Boston uh, just now five outs away. Uh, from uh, winning another World Series and eliminating the Dodgers, the Dodgers losing um, in the World Series for a second consecutive year and the second consecutive year at Dodger Stadium. We have a touchdown. We have a touchdown in Minnesota. Adam Thielen 
who nobody knew about an hour and a half ago, is now the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. Adam Thielen has scored for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and it is 30-19, extra point pending. Uh, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. So I made a statement earlier on in the show. Steve Pierce of the Boston Red Sox has been unbelievable the past couple of games. Uh, uh, hit a home run uh, last night. I mean, he's he's been all over the place, Steve Pierce. And so I made a statement earlier in the show. I said, hey, this isn't the first time somebody with the last name Pierce has dominated L.A. in reference to Paul Pierce back in the day uh, winning uh, finals MVP and beating the Lakers back in 2008. And now all these years later, you've got Steve Pierce. So 10 years apart, and a Pierce is doing a number on an L.A. team in a championship. And so I said, and it just came to me, and I said, look, now somebody's going to steal it from me. And so Arnie Spanier, Fox Sports Radio host, who's going to be on with Chris Plank after I go off the air, he sent over a screenshot of a tweet that somebody had already sent out previously, I believe during the last game, making the same reference. So I stand corrected um, by Arnie Spanier, who called me out. So congratulations, Arnie. By the way, uh, Connor McGregor joins us now here on Fox Sports Radio. Connor, uh, your thoughts on Ar- Arnie Spanier? Who the is that guy? Uh, he's coming up with Chris Plank. That's all I got for you, Connor. I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, but no, this has been a fun show. We miss Brady Quinn. Uh, kind enough right now, Brady Quinn is joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Brady's been listening to the show. Uh, he heard about the tweet from Arnie Spanier. Uh, he heard about some of the criticism that Arnie Spanier has given us. Uh, so Brady Quinn joining us now. Brady, your thoughts on Arnie Spanier? Suck these big artists. Oh, come on, Brady. Jesus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 